All right, what's up, everybody? We got 10 minutes today to talk about Mark's 1022. Mark, this used to be your dad's 1022, right? Now it's been passed on to you. Is that how it worked? So not this one, not this one. So my original 22 long rifle was actually a Remington single shot. I was going to look up the model before I got here, but I didn't. It's a really old one because it was my dad's. And, oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, bolt action, single shot. Actually, you pull back the firing pin when you want to shoot. Really cool little rifle. And by little, I mean that sucker is about like that Borderline long. SBR. Borderline, it might be an SBR. Oh, my gosh. It's not at all. Definitely uh, not. I'd say frame-wise, you know, people are pretty familiar with like those cricket rifles or things like that. It's yeah. actually, it's probably a little bit longer than that. But really cool First kid's rifle, awesome to learn on, very safe being a single shot like that. But eventually, I did outgrow it. And this came along, right? So that's how this came along. And this came along. I believe this was a birthday present. Uh, probably, I think I was about in the sixth grade, something like that, middle school time frame. That's such um, a good time to get a 1022. Oh, my gosh. I needed it. You know, And it had, all, it had everything a kid could want. It's an autoloader, number one. Boom. So, so just uh, keep pulling the trigger. A little more capacity there and uh, just fun to shoot. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of um, – 1022s were all the rage. They kind of always are all the rage when it comes to 22 long rifles. So what would you go after with this thing as a kid? So, man, uh, various uh, small game species. The reason why I chose this one at, at the time, you know, the standard 1022 – I really liked the 1022 platform, but for some reason, you know, the, the, the standard has it has the barrel band. So this is this is the deluxe sporter model. So let's just talk about this one real quick. So and I guess I'll talk about it by some things that it doesn't have. So it doesn't have the barrel band that goes over the top. So it's a little bit cleaner. I feel it's a little bit more elegant rifle. The standard one kind of has that standard plastic butt plate scalloped out. So this has a nice little recoil pad on it. Uh, the wood, you've got the checkering up here uh, and on, nice on, the, on the palm swell. So overall, it's just a little bit more classy, elegant rifle. The so, original one, even though it's not the same rifle at all, for whatever reason, it kind of reminded me of the um, uh, Mini 14s that you'd see on the TV show, The A-Team. And although a great television show, and I know they aren't <laughs> the same rifle at all, um, those guys really just never hit anything. So, and I wanted to hit stuff. So I, I wanted this one. I just, really, I just thought it looked better. So this has gone through sort of a, some some transformation over the course of its lifetime. You've gone from the original variant, uh, mm-hmm. which I find it funny that you know, as a kid, you you idolized the more classy looking rifle. You know, that's yes. not something you always think of in a in eleven year old. But uh, then it went to we have this just naked now uh, plastic stock sitting here, and if we would have found it, we would have had the aluminum barrel that at one point you had on this thing. What happened there? That's the dark time in this. Oh my gosh, history. dude! Yeah, it does have a little bit of a dark past, and really it was when self- you pretty much pillaged it of all its character. Yes, yeah, it was totally self inflicted. So at the time, I'd moved to Nebraska. I was living with my. Uh, a uh, buddy of mine, Mike Scobie, uh, who was working for Cabela's as well. And uh, actually, yeah, we'd probably need more than a 10-minute talk for that one. But uh, <laughs> and anyway, so he was doing a lot of outdoor riding at the time. He'd gotten this f- barrel from some guy. It was a free barrel. I'm not even sure if they're still in business. I believe it was an Alumalite, uh, Alumalite barrel. Actually, it was a really cool barrel. He didn't have anything to put it on. I had my 1022. He's like, hey, I'll give you this barrel if we can put it on your thing. And, and, dude, in my heart of hearts, I knew it was the wrong decision. 
we did it anyway. So then I had this, you know, actually really great barrel, but it was a bull barrel, wouldn't fit in this stock anymore. So I bought this uh, guy out of the old Cabela's uh, bargain cave. We slapped it all together. Did it work? Yes. Did it look great in my opinion? No. And I was just always, I, I felt like I had um, defaced or just. You really had because you had. I was sick about it. It was a, it, you know. it's For it's years. A, it's a black colored receiver and then he had a silver aluminum barrel sticking out of it and it was in this black all beat up polymer stock and it just I gotta say I remember when you pulled it out and you told me you had a 1022 and you, and you grabbed it out I remember being a little bit even myself I was a little bit uh, underwhelmed unfortunately absolutely and Jim that was probably so it probably sat that way for I want to say maybe 15 years and every time I looked at it I wished I hadn't made those changes well, then, Mark, it's a good thing you got me because yes. I came along. Because I, yes, because with your help, Jim, with your help, we we brought it back to its former glory. Because well, what happened with me was, and I shouldn't have even brought mine along. So I had a ten twenty two that my dad gave me. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly sentimental, I would say. Now, ordinarily, I know some people might say, "Well, you know, anything your father gives you should be." But in this case, I remember my dad. It was kind of one of those things where we were sifting around through a bunch of crap in the basement when they were moving, and he was kind of like, "Ah, oh, crap!" He's like, "I never even shot this thing. Do you want it?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll take it." Ten twenty two, and he's like, "Fine, take it." It was kind of like, there was no moment of like, "Now this is yours." Yeah, it's like, "Hey, these shoes don't fit. Do you want to try them?" It, it, basically, and so I took it, and I was kind of like, "All right," it sat around. I shot it because fun yeah. and uh then i just kind of always thought to myself i see all these cool things out there the ruger 1022 is like the jeep wrangler of guns Ugh. because you can do anything to it you can turn it into anything you want it's kind of like a, the ar-15 of rimfires uh you know i'm gonna make all these parallels but um yeah they're like legos and so i was always just curious with people um like people whose names i'm blanking out right now tons of great 1022 customization parts shops and brands you know i was like if if something comes along and uh and i can change this thing up i'll go for it yep and then one day uh i think it was john scubas came over with a bunch of parts from another company that that specializes in just that kind of thing and he said hey you want some of these parts you guys can do a little uh you know you can you can kind of swap them out here in 1022 i said sure yeah well I happen to have the deluxe sporter model. Little did I know. I didn't, he never told me anything. About it. I, my dad probably didn't even know anything about it. I feel like somebody probably even just gave it to him or something. I swear, what, when all this was going on, I swear it was like the gun version of like trading places. It was. It was. Because then now I went into this like plastic stock. I put a suppressor on it, new barrel, scope mount, all this stuff. And I have now defaced my Ruger 1022 <laughs> from the gun that my father gave me. And instead, I have now given the classier parts back to Mark, and uh, and this circle of Ruger 1022 life has now has now uh, presumed. And, and you now have a rifle that looks pretty much just like one would have gotten it from the uh, from the factory back then, this, this nice deluxe sporter model, and you've outfitted it with a crossfire two rim fire scope mm-hmm. for, you know, that's a little bit uh, of a nice thing to put on there but you did it with just regular uh like the regular ruger rail on there so nothing it's it's basically back to its former she's, glory she's pretty stock you know and over time you know like i kept i kept the barrel i kept the stock and i, I kept them in my safe and there were just these things that just every time i looked at them like i was wishing that i 
You just knew it had to happen. It, it had to happen. It had to happen. So, and, um, and I can only picture myself at some point. This is this is just like uh, kind of Adam Maxwell was on earlier talking about why suppressed, and we had, we joked around about if the story around suppressors and sort of the the general portrayal of suppressors was different. In, in that, like how cars are portrayed, yeah. you know, every kid would be trying to rip a suppressor off of his gun in order to make it louder and more, you know, vibrant. Right. And then when they got older, they'd be like, man, those suppressors are nice. And they start putting them back on, you know, it's kind of like now I feel like you've you've lived out the, uh, you know, the plastic stock, the customization. You just kind of want to go back to the the OG, whereas I'm now in my phase of, you know, wanting to customize it and turn it into something a little bit more ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, when we were doing that, I was like, Jim, I've been down this road, man. I've been down this road. But like you said, like, I had more of a sentimental connection to this rifle. Like, I always felt like, um, you know, like I said, it was was kind of an important time in my life as a kid. You know, my dad gave me this rifle. You know, I looked at it for for months. um, And, uh, yeah. But, you know, like, and with the minute left, too, the the thing I'll say is that now the rifle that I've put together... The 1022 I put together, which, by the way, these things are so easy to customize, people. I mean, it's like one screw, the stock is off. You then do something, I don't know, the barrel falls out practically and it's all in might, parts. Might need a blowtorch. Might need a blowtorch. We didn't need that for Mark's because that thing was on there tight. But anyway, um, you know, so I did all that stuff to mine. It's got a PST 1-6 to six on it, a bipod, a suppressor. It's like totally tacked out, you know. But this, this gun that you have, Mark, this is the one that as a father someday or you as a father that I would want to give a kid. Yep. Like, this is now, like, my passing on. The one that I have, if I gave it to a kid, I'd be like, hey, this is a fun toy. Go, go, yep. you know, don't shoot your eye out. Which is weird now because I have two girls now, a five and a three-year-old. And, you know, I've got this gun and my original 22. And when we were thinking about doing this podcast, I was like, holy mackerel. Like, these things might be about taking that step, which is cool. That is cool. All right. And there you have it. Boom, right on zero. What other guns do you want to hear about? Uh, well, we you don't exactly know what ones that we have on hand. We're just going to bring guns on and talk about them. So hope you like these. Let us know what you thought. Uh, tell us about your cool 1022. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time.